You are listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White and today's episode is called Creating Confidence in Your Coaching Skills. Before I start this episode, a quick shout out to Jeffrey who sent me a contact form email and said, hey, I really like your podcast but I would love it if you could improve the audio quality. So Jeffrey, thank you for that. I am looking into things and I will be acting on that in the coming weeks. So stay tuned, it's going to get better. Now about this episode, it's dedicated to you new coaches or wellness practitioners out there who want to build confidence in your coaching business, starting with your skills. And when I say confidence in your coaching business, I mean that you feel confident in your modality in about the way you use your skills and about your business. And we're going to cover those two things in two podcast episodes, this one and the next one, because it's a big juicy topic. I was originally going to record it as one and I thought, wow, there's just too much in here. It's got to be split. So today we're going to focus on building confidence in your modality and your coaching skills. And the next episode will be confidence in your business skills. But before we dive in, I want to share one of the most important lessons that I've learned in life. And it's simply this. If you feel confident about what you're doing or selling, then it's extremely convincing, magnetic and compelling to other people. It's what attracts people to you, that confidence. Here's some proof. Right now, think about someone who you know to be very self-confident. And if you're not sure what self-confidence is, go back and listen to the last two episodes, 72 and 73, for some context. But thinking about that person you know that is self-confident How do you feel when you're around them? How inspired do you feel? Would you trust their opinion or advice? And now think about somebody you know who's confident in running their business. Are they someone that you look up to? Are they a role model for you? I'll bet you're saying yes. I'll bet you're feeling motivated, inspired, hopeful by what someone else has achieved who's a few steps ahead of you. You see their confidence and you think, gee, they look calm. They seem to know what they're doing. They seem to have faith in themselves. They seem to value themselves. And all of those things are the traits of a confident person. And the fact is that when you're confident in who you are and what you do, as I said before, you can sell anything, no matter what it is. And you feel good about selling it. It's your unwavering belief and confidence that makes you magnetic and attractive. In fact, it's the secret of effective marketing. And that's why I say that feeling confident in your coaching as a starting point is really important to help you build a powerful, profitable, successful business. So today, let's dive into feeling confident in what you do or your modality and feeling confident about your skills in that area. And we'll touch on the business one in the next episode. Let's start with finding or building confidence in what you do. That is your profession. And I want to talk about this because even if you don't have much experience in your field as a coach or wellness practitioner, then you're likely going to have at least confidence in the modality that you use. You probably have great confidence in the power of that modality to truly help people make change, to become healthier, calmer, less anxious, more at peace. And that's a really important starting point. Think about it this way. If right now you're feeling like you're lacking confidence in your abilities, at least you know that your modality is effective and you believe in that. And in the meantime, you can learn and improve your skills in that area. 
If you feel confident in what you do in that modality, that's fantastic. It means it's going to be something that you look forward to doing and becoming good at. Whereas if you don't believe in your modality, then it's going to sap your commitment. It's going to hamper your confidence in your ability to sell it is going to be virtually zero. I've had a bit of this experience myself. I joined a network marketing business many years ago and they started to introduce some new product lines that I didn't really like. And I found that because I only believed in some of their products and not so much in the new ones, it became harder and harder for me to sell those products. It didn't feel authentic and aligned and I actually quit that organisation within a year of joining. And that taught me such a valuable lesson, simply that I must believe in what I do in order to be good at it and in order to be able to sell it. Does that make sense to you? Think about yourself and how you feel and how much you have to believe in what you're doing in order to be able to do it well and to promote it. So right now, step back and look at the big picture of what you do, your profession, your modality, and consider how effective that modality is, irrespective of your level of skill. Consider what happens when experienced practitioners use your modality. Think about the results that their clients have achieved. Even if you've had no clients or few yourself, get clear on how effective your modality is as a tool that can truly help people. To help you boost your confidence and to get rid of doubt, it may help you to include a focus on the benefits and possible outcomes of your profession as part of your pre-session ritual. So before you start working with a client, you're about to go into a session, you're a little bit nervous, Get connected to the value of your modality, of your profession, of what you do. Know that you're going into that session with the intent to do the best job you can and that your profession as a whole has power, has value and can truly make a difference. That might help you as a starting point to boost your confidence. And that leads me to the next thing I want to talk about in this episode your confidence in your ability as a coach or other practitioner. Obviously, you'll need to take a slightly longer view for this one because it takes time to develop skills and competence in any area of life. Let's face it, you can't study a year of piano theory and then step onto the stage as a concert pianist, having never done that before, right? It's the same thing with what you've just done. The study that you've just completed has been largely theoretical with a little bit of practical. And the thing is, you don't have enough physical evidence that you're good at it yet. You haven't developed those skills. It's going to take some time, right? The funny thing about having confidence in your own ability to do something is that your brain wants that evidence before it will believe something is true. That's how our brains work. I recommend that you go back to listen to my podcast 73 where I talk more about this, about how focusing on your inner critic or thinking that you're no good and focusing on that uh, is something that will catch you in a negative thought loop, that your brain will eventually turn into a belief because if you think that you're no good, your brain will start looking for and finding evidence to support that. So we're talking about the opposite now. If you could develop confidence and skills and are 
focusing on that, then your brain's going to start to look for evidence for that instead. And that's why focusing on the skills you could develop or the things you could do to become a better coach or practitioner or to acknowledge what's working well is a way better way of training your brain. Which leads me to ask you the question, how can you help your brain to get the evidence that it needs that you are good enough, that you are competent, that you are becoming better so that you can start to feel more confident in your skills and abilities? How can you do that? How can you get that proof for your brain? Well, I've got a few ideas for you today, and that's the rest of this episode. In my role as a coach trainer for a health and wellness coaching school, where we train people to become coaches and they learn the coaching and positive psychology methodology, I explain a few different ways to these student coaches that I work with to help them to quickly and effectively build confidence. And I'd like to share those with you today. Essentially, they, they revolve around mindfulness, self-awareness, reflection, and acknowledging success. And if you think about that, if you think about the practice of mindfulness, of being self-aware, of reflecting, and acknowledging success, they're all things that don't come naturally to most of us. And if you are a coach, these are skills that you need to develop as part of your professional and personal development and they will help you to become more confident as well. So here are the five ways that I want to share with you that you can become a more confident coach or practitioner. You may like to write these down so that you can set some goal around these things and weave them into your schedule. Way number one, the first thing you can do to build confidence as a coach is to actually do it, to coach. Now, if you're brand new, you can start with practice clients until you feel confident enough to start charging and doing paid sessions. Find somebody, anyone with a pulse, who you like and who is willing to change. Those are the two criteria. And rather than trying to do a whole coaching program with them, I recommend that you just practice doing two or three sessions. It's not going to help them form a habit necessarily, which is the goal of coaching, but this is about you getting clear on how to run a session, the practice with the coaching skills and getting used to the session framework. So just doing two or three sessions for you to get the hang of how to run sessions and work with clients is the important thing. Just tackle that first without thinking about the ongoing sessions or continuity. You want to become familiar with and comfortable with your methodology. So that's my first way to become more confident as a coach do it and do it with practice clients in the simplest way possible. Just a few sessions with them for you to get the feel of it. That leads to the second point. When you are working with clients, and I did allude to this just now, make sure that you choose people that you get on with, you have a good chemistry with them, and they're ready to change. This is so important in the beginning. I was speaking with a coach the other day who was working with a client who had a very different personality and they were worried that they weren't doing a good enough job or that that person was not getting anything out of the session. They weren't really clear on what was happening in the session and we just talked a bit more about it and unpacked what was happening and it became clear that that person was just a very different personality type. And remember that once you graduate from coach training school or any other school, you may not have a mentor working with you. You're on your own and you're trying to gauge how effective your skills are and it's difficult. 
it's much easier for you to start with someone that you have a good personality fit with and they're ready to change. Otherwise, if they're ambivalent or resistant or just trying to do you a favour, then the session with them will likely feel a bit uncomfortable or difficult and it may cause you to question your own ability, like the student I was talking to the other day. By all means, experiment with different kinds of clients and people so you can see who you like to work with best, but just keep in the back of your mind that not everybody is going to be the right person for you and that that is not a reflection of your skills as a coach. It's just a fact of life that we tend to attract certain types of people and not others. And that's why I reckon it's worth targeting a niche to work with the people that you get on with best because they will get the best results and you will enjoy your work. I have to say, I learned about chemistry with clients the hard way. I was running my own coaching business and had somebody else selling clients into my program, which seemed like a great idea at the time. And after a while, I realized that I was feeling drained and tired when I was walking into those sessions. I'd been running these programs for about two years and I just realized that I was not looking forward to going to work a lot of the time. I started to doubt my ability as a coach. I was ready to quit. I was fed up, disheartened. And then I reflected on the facts. And the facts were that I had exceptional rapport with certain clients and they were getting really good outcomes, the best outcomes. And then I realized that I needed to target a niche and work with my ideal clients so that I always felt energized, that we always had a great connection and that they always got good results. I say again, it's valuable to work with different types of people in the beginning to figure out who your people are, but please be aware that differences in your personalities or learning styles and those sorts of things could affect the way you feel about your skills as you're learning and growing as a professional. Make sure that you find the right people for you to make it easy. And if you do find yourself coaching someone or working with something that you feel a bit uncomfortable about, step back and look at it as this is a person with their own challenges that they're responsible for. And my job as their coach is simply to hold the space for them and work with them in the way that they need, not to take it personally, not to try to fix them, but just to be there and let them find their own solutions. When you do this and go through the process of working with different people and starting to become more selective, it's a really nice organic process for gradually working toward a niche and a type of ideal client that you love working with and that will help you to rapidly build your confidence and capacity as a coach Realising that you can't just serve everybody, that there are certain people that you're looking for, makes a difference to your mindset. So I've gone into quite a big uh, lengthy story with that second point, choosing people with chemistry who are ready to change, but it really is important for your confidence as a coach, is having that chemistry in the first place and seeking those people out. The third way to build confidence in your coaching skills is to start reflecting on your own performance. When you graduate, you don't necessarily have a teacher or mentor supporting you and guiding you, listening to your sessions and giving you feedback on your skills. You're on your own. And so you really need to develop your own feedback loop as an essential part of your own professional development. 
I recommend filling in a coaching log and doing a post-session reflection where you're going to say, what did I do well? What could I do differently? What did I like? What needs sharpening up? You may get some of that sense after the session that you felt some things went well and some didn't, but please be really neutral and empathetic towards yourself in that process. Look at it from the outside in a really factual way and give yourself feedback on your performance. Very important and a great way to start building self-confidence. And I think the thing I love about this is that you're learning to trust and rely on your own internal feedback, not just external validation, but really getting a sense of who you are as a coach and what you're good at. It's so important that you develop that intrinsic value around what you do. So that's the third way is to create your own feedback loop. And the fourth way to build confidence as a coach is to get that external feedback from your clients. There are three ways I want to talk to you about doing this. First way to get feedback from your clients is their non-verbal cues in a session. Now, if you're face-to-face with a client or on a Zoom or Skype call, you're going to see body language. Maybe their arms open, maybe their arms are crossed. Maybe they start to relax more. Maybe their energy or excitement builds. Maybe their voice becomes louder or faster. And assuming that what you're talking about in the session is positive, they're not being stuck or bogged down, you're going to get a sense from their nonverbal cues as to what's happening for them. Their feelings are going to be on display. And you'll see that and hear that in their tone of voice and their body language. So if your client is generally across the sessions growing and getting something important out of the session with you, it's going to show up in those cues. So make sure that you pay attention to those. And it's good practice anyway. Because if you, you're, as a coach, looking for resistance in a client, which tells you that you need to change the way you're running that session. So do that anyway, but I'm just saying be very intentional about it and understand the feedback that those nonverbal cues are giving you. Now, the second way to get feedback is to ask directly for it at the end of each coaching session. I like to build it into my session close. I ask two questions. My first question is, what did you learn about yourself today? And that helps people to cement any insights that they've had about themselves so that they can grow personally. And then I might say, how did you find my coaching today? And I word it like that because it doesn't feel like to the client that they're needing to make any sort of judgment. I'm just saying, how was the coaching for you today? Rather than, did you like the coaching or how would you rate it? What what feedback could you give me on the coaching or you could say is there anything you'd like more or less of in the coaching what you'll usually find is that your clients are thankful and grateful and for the listening and realization that they've had from you in this session and they find that really valuable most people don't think that listening is very valuable actually but it coaches that is but your clients are going to express heartfelt gratitude for you holding the space and I've heard this time and time again in listening to coaching assessments, when I'm grading coaches on a recorded session, I often hear their clients saying, it's so nice to be listened to. I really appreciate that. I'm so thankful. So asking for that feedback 
at the end of the session is the second way to get feedback from clients that will help you to build confidence. The third way is to ask your clients to complete a written survey at the end of the whole coaching program to see what they liked, what didn't, what changed, how they changed and what their next goals are. It's not just about what they liked and disliked, it's also asking them for commentary on what and how they have changed and what's next. And that will give a lot of information about the entire process of coaching as well as your skills and also how open they are to change and how committed they are to their own change and how much responsibility they've taken for themselves. So that written survey at the end is a really valuable document and sending that out gives you that third layer of feedback that can help you to gauge what happened, how a client changed, how useful that was, and that is confidence building too. So that was the fourth way. The fifth way to build confidence in your coaching ability, and I love this way because it helps your clients too, and that's getting them or finding ways for them to measure and monitor the changes that they experience on a week-by-week basis working with you. So monitoring and measuring. Monitoring and measuring could include things like asking them for percent success for each of their weekly goals. It could include physical measurements that they take, such as the number of steps that they walked, if they have set their own goal around that. Or using 1 to 10 scales for stress or energy and seeing how they change over time. So here we're talking about anything that your client is physically recording and seeing changes in. And that's valuable for two reasons. Firstly, it's giving you evidence that the process and methodology you're using and the skills in conveying that has a value and is helping your client create change. And assuming that your client is ready and willing and able to change, they're also getting a sense of the shifts that are occurring. They're seeing the value in what they're doing with you. And it's giving both of you evidence that what you're doing together has been really powerful. And that is going to help you to build confidence in your coaching skills. There is a caveat on this one. And Some clients just simply struggle to change due to their own limiting beliefs or past trauma and that may have nothing to do with your modality or your skill. That simply means that their challenges may be outside the scope of what you're doing with them and that referral is required. So let's summarise what we've talked about today. The way to build confidence in your coaching ability is to actually do it. And that's the key message I want to give to you today. You have to go out and coach in order to do any of the things that we've discussed in this episode. But let's talk about those ways of building confidence. Firstly, we talked about building confidence in your modality and focusing on that as a starting point. Focusing on the positives that your qualification or profession can create, looking to experienced practitioners and their role models and their results can really validate that what you're doing is effective and credible and worth pursuing. So that's that first part. And the second part is building confidence in your own coaching ability by doing the coaching and collecting feedback. So in this area, we talked about five ways to build confidence in your coaching ability. Number one, start coaching people now so that you can learn from that. 
just a couple of free sessions with a person for you to get used to running sessions and working with people using the skills and the framework. Number two, if you can, work with clients that you have good chemistry with and who are ready to change. Three, create your own feedback loop, your coaching log and reflection so that you start creating intrinsic value around what you're doing and start figuring out what's going well and what needs work. Then we're going to the extrinsic feedback. And we talked about getting feedback from your client via nonverbal cues, via verbal feedback in a session, and via written feedback at the end of a session. Three ways to get feedback from clients. And finally, one of my favorite ways is to help your client find their own ways to measure and monitor change as evidence that it worked. And that's going to convince both of you that the coaching relationship is powerful, has value, and can facilitate amazing changes. To wrap it up, it's just like playing the piano. You can only become good at something by actually doing it. And if you focus on collecting evidence that you are doing the best you can, that you're improving along the way, it's going to help you to feel more confident about what you're doing more quickly. Thanks for listening to today's episode. And if you have questions or comments about this, or you'd like to know more about building confidence in your ability as a coach, hit me up on the contact page on my website, melaniejwhite.com forward slash contact. And keep your ears peeled for the next episode, Confidence in Your Coaching Business, that'll be out next week. Okay, have a fantastic day and bye for now.